Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Failure Effect, a podcast about reclaiming the word failure and turning it into success. My name is Wayua Muli and I am your host for today. This week, we're speaking to a very special guest about a subject that is very, very close to my heart, and this is a subject of parenting. Now, Carl Nyaga is 44. She's a mother of three. She's a marketing communications executive and a farmer. Welcome to the show, Carol. How are you doing? I'm fine, Yoa. Thank you. Happy to be here. Oh, great. It's good to have you. Now, your story, I must say the first time I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, this one has to be told because it's a story of lessons, redemption, of personal growth. It's it's absolutely fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. So to go through it, let's start right at the top with you growing up in South Bay. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in South Bay. Um, That was in the early 80s. So we moved there from Buruburu with my parents. I was the firstborn, and I was the firstborn for a long time. Okay. Uh, My sister came along when I was almost seven. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine the the joy of being an only child for almost seven years. Yes. With all the attention and everything. So that was a nice time for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So by the time we were moving to South B, my sister was born just around that time. And, um, well, I mean, there was a shift in terms of family dynamics. Um, I guess a lot of things, um, and I guess I was also at that age where you're now more self-aware. You know, at around seven is when you're more conscious of what's happening around you. So there was a shift in um, the relationship between my parents. And um, so cracks started to show. And now what these cracks meant is that uh, now I had to fight for attention. Mm-hmm. Okay, so whereas before I was the only one and, and, and I mean, all eyes were on me, uh, now there was a little one and then uh, I had to sort of, let me say, um, put out my hand and remind people that here I am, here I am. Um, so what happened is that, you know, in, in, in a neighborhood as large as South B, you know, there was a lot of, of, of children around the same age because most of us had moved in there with our parents who were civil servants. And uh, these were parents who were born in the 40s, so we were all more or less the same age. So those are huge, um, let me say, uh, friends base. Right. Yeah, so um, because I wasn't getting the attention I needed at home, then um, I got the attention elsewhere. So um, sort of life became uh, more of, okay, so hanging out with my friends and, and you know, just being delinquents. Let mm-hmm. me say delinquents. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, the, it started out as uh, playing uh, football all over the hood, crossing Mombasa Road to go to South Sea and play football on the other side, riding bicycles from South B to Nairobi CBD. Um, and anyway, it, it, let me say it was the norm because mm-hmm. it, 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 everyone was doing it. Okay. So you can imagine by the time I was getting to my preteens and uh, teenagehood, yeah, um, the, my parents, um, no, the cracks were really big. Let me right. say the, 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 the cracks in their relationship now were really big. Mm-hmm. So home was becoming less and less bearable. Mm-hmm. And especially as a teenager who's looking to assert themselves and ask questions. Right. Um, 
So I found myself getting the wrong kind of attention. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whereas before I was the the blue-eyed boy, so to speak, yeah. in, in the home. Now I was getting the kind of attention of, okay, keep out of our of our stuff. Oh no. Um, you know, don't ask questions. It was pretty wild because then it was um, you know, like um parents would come to the house and you know, you just see that look between them and then you know a storm is brewing. Right, yes. And it's coming. Yeah. And um, it's going to hit at some point and you're not sure when. Um, and really, I mean, you know, there would be a word thrown here. Maybe some shouting, someone getting shoved, things getting broken. Mm-hmm. And it became sort of like a, like a pattern. Um, so, and then you could kind of always tell when it's coming. And so, because you needed to avoid it. Yes. Spent yes. a lot of time, mm-hmm. uh, with friends because, right. um, being in the house meant that you're walking around eggshells. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the, I mean, the most time I spent outside, outside with friends, the more delinquent I got. Okay. So I was that girl who your parents warned you about, uh-huh. you know? Uh, partying. Yeah. Um, no, there was hip hop culture, reggae culture. There were so many things, matatu culture mm-hmm. in the 90s. Yes. Because uh, I was preteen um, in early 90s. So pretty much, uh, you know how it goes. Like when you're, when you're, when you're getting along, uh, I mean, as, as you get into your teenagehood, um, the more exploratory you are. Um. And I remember by the time um, we were getting into Form 1, um, I'd secured a place in, in a, one of these top Catholic high schools, day schools in, mm-hmm. in Nairobi. And I mean, that, that was like a moment of pride for my parents. But I remember going there and everyone was so prim and proper and everyone came from, you know, the, the, one of these textbook families. Mm-hmm. And I felt so out of place. Right. Um, you know, you, uh, I couldn't invite my friends over because then there was no space for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't go over to your friend's place because then uh, it meant that you needed to reciprocate at one point. Yes. So, I mean, I, was, I, I felt like an outsider and, and I think that's where my rebellions now really went a notch higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by my grades dropped, I was... I was you know, I was uko at the bottom of the class. Um, so by the end of my first uh, my first form, um, I think I had the presence of mind to know that I was not going to get through high school if I stayed in day school. Mm-hmm. And I really prevailed upon my parents. Like, really, I need to go to boarding school. Now, what I didn't know at the time is that I was running away. Yeah. Um, and it worked eventually. You know, at first they were like, oh, my God, like, what will people say if you have to leave this nice, prim, proper school? Uh, but eventually they yielded and I went to boarding school. And um, there I found peace. I mean, there was an element of stability. And, yeah, I think uh, my grades went back up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, whereas before I was feeling like, okay, so life is <laughs> this the end. Yeah. Um, I was able to get to the top of the class, but I was still carrying my delinquent uh, side. So whenever I used to come home for holidays, I used to 
you know, party and party, you know, that's the time when um, everyone went to carnival um, and really hanging out with, you know, the wrong crowd. Yes. Yeah. So by the time um, fourth form came, I knew I wanted to leave, you know. And in the 90s, in the mid-90s, everyone was going to the big old US of A. Oh, yes, I remember that. And, 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 <laughs> and that was like, you know, my, my exit plan. You know, I'm going to leave these people behind and just mm -hmm. be gone. Mm -hmm. And I mean, making applications, preparing to, for TOEFL, because um, that's the exam people used to do then. Um, and I mean, in my head, I was, I was leaving. Yeah. I was going to leave these people and start a new life. Mm -hmm. uh, somewhere else far far away where I, I in fact i had this wild dreams of never talking to them again and Ooh. just being gone mm -hmm. okay so i mean you can imagine um you know all that excitement of finishing from four so that december holiday i was really on a roll so just partying um you know it was like and you know preparing because i was so sure I, my grades were good. I was yeah. going to get a scholarship or something, just an opportunity for me to leave the country and making applications and mm -hmm. all that. And then uh, that's the time when KCSC results used to come out the next year, I think around February. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, finding out I was pregnant just before my results the were results out. come. So there'd been a boy all this time. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, because I was... You know, I was that rebel, so hanging out with the older crowd. Mm -hmm. um, I think by the time I was in Form 2, he had finished high school. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And and you know how you just feel like your world has ended? Yeah. Because I had these plans. You yeah. know, I was leaving and I'll be gone. Mm -hmm. And um, around the same time, I also even uh, got a letter uh, from one of the top design schools in in the U.S. that they'd given me 50% scholarship. And wow. I remember crying and I cried and I thought my world had ended mm -hmm. because then obviously I, I couldn't leave, mm -hmm. couldn't go with a baby. And uh, well, I, I think I was still pretty much a level-headed child because, I mean, you know, at the time there were many options, right? But for me, I was, okay, fine, this has happened. Uh, we move accordingly, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'll raise my child the best way I know how. And um, I remember telling my parents, and of course, there was a lot of disappointment. Um, and because I was the delinquent, I mean, you know, I always was the one who bore the, bra the brunt of their wrath. Okay, mm -hmm. so um, getting... Whenever they had an argument, I was right in the center of it because mm -hmm. then it became a blame game. Okay, like... It's your fault, this yeah. and this. Anyway, so um, I remember watching because most people used to go around July and August, and that around that time I was seven, eight months pregnant, mm -hmm. and all my friends were leaving, and I was so sad. Uh, but I mean, I was like, okay, so we'll, yeah, we'll we'll be able to do this. Um, yeah, so I had applied to university locally, uh, but it was never really in my in my in my plan mm -hmm. so when i was doing my selection um i want to do architecture right. so that's what i'd selected and then i think i missed the cutoff by one or two points mm -hmm. and so then i got called for design at, at uh, the university of nairobi and okay so i didn't even know what to do with that design but i was like okay so 
here is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Let me keep it moving, you know, right. kind of thing. So the baby came along. Um, and then uh, remember I was barely 19 at the time. I was still a child. Mm-hmm. And um, what I didn't fully comprehend is that I'd brought this baby into um, an environment um, that couldn't give me the space to to learn. So were you were you living with um, the father of your child at this time? Were you together? No, no. Okay. So yeah, we were not living together. Um, I mean, he was also pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, um, tr- um, um, tried to support me as much as he could, okay. but I mean, it was pretty difficult as well. Yeah. So here, living with my parents, with a child, and in this kind of environment where um, there was no space mm-hmm. to let me learn. So I didn't quite comprehend it at the time, but what I'd done is add another dynamic to their relationship. Okay? Uh-huh. So essentially what it became that before I was the, I was sort of um, the, the, the center of negative attention, now I'd brought someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, to 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 that dynamic, and um, uh, granted, it made things worse between uh, my parents, um, my child, and I became sort of a leverage mm-hmm. um, for them. So, and this was a boy, a girl, a girl. Okay. okay? So, my daughter was born um, in September of ninety-seven. Okay, um, and it was such a happy time for me because I was like, wow. I mean, some sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it was also around the time when I was starting university because I started university not too long after that. Mm-hmm. And it was hectic. You mm-hmm. know, I was I was young and really struggling um, to be a mom. Right. I didn't know what to do. Um, there was no one to show me, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it became sort of like a tug of war between my mother and I. Like, okay. who's going to raise this baby? Mm-hmm. And because I was so good at, at, at checking out, so to speak, I busied myself with uh, learning. And uh, I think that's the time I really picked up uh, drinking. Okay. Okay. Because then it was so difficult. You know, you spend a day in, in university, you come home, there's this baby, she's crying. You don't mm-hmm. know what to do. Uh, there's no one to show you what to do. Maybe she sleeps. Um, you're getting uh, short bursts of, 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 of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, an hour here, an hour there. You have assignments to do. Yeah. You have nappies to wash. There's no diapers there. Yeah. Um, and then the next morning, you have to show up in class. So alcohol sort of became my crutch. But at what time were you drinking, considering the fact that you had all <laughs> of this schoolwork and all of this housework? Uh, well, I could find time. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, lunchtime. Okay. Um, after class, mm-hmm. you know. So it was, I mean, and you know, at the time when you're in university, you don't have money per se. It's yeah. just, so you pick a struggle, you know, am yeah. I going to eat lunch? Am I going to have a beer? Right. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'd been drinking since I was 16 and okay. this was, I was 19, 20. So really it, it, it didn't seem like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, university was okay. I mean, uh, learned so much. Um by the time I was finishing, I'd, I'd sort of picked out my major, which was graphic design, and I knew I wanted to work in advertising because mm-hmm. advertising was this place. Right. You know, there were so many glory stories that we used to hear mm-hmm. about the people ahead of us, and mm-hmm. I was like, I need to get into an ad agency. Mm-hmm. 
so my first job was a was a designer in an upstart company and um, it was good mm-hmm. uh, but you know really um you know um it was okay fine this is okay but i want to get into an agency and i want to get into an agency and i remember uh dropping my cv around you know like over lunch hour uh-huh. trying to get into all the big uh uh agencies um i mean and then you see now i had a full time job uh-huh. it was easier to finance my habits right and my baby was also growing at the time i mean she was sleeping through the night uh-huh. So then I could go out. Yeah. So you work during the day and you go out. And I was a pretty uh, high performance kind of person. You know, like I could do many things at the same time. So it wasn't really a struggle. Uh-huh. I could um, function on two hours of sleep. Wow. So you leave work, you go out, uh, get home at four, sleep for a couple of hours, um, go to work the next day. Um so then eventually an opportunity opened up at an agency and um they called me for an interview but the interview wasn't in graphic design. Uh-huh. And uh, I remember I had to sort of borrow a skirt here and some heels there because I was a jeans person. And, right. And um I even had dreadlocks, you know, just my rebellion nature. I got dreadlocks I think when I was 18 immediately okay. after high school. Um so really just trying to look a bit professional. Mm-hmm. Um so uh I walked into uh the agency and then um I remember the MD told me okay fine we have a position but it's not in graphic design and um we're going to put in client service. That's mm-hmm. what they used to call uh account management. Right. And I was like, yes. Um, and then he said, okay, so, but it's not a, a, a job per se. It's an internship. And if you prove yourself, uh, then we'll hire you. And I remember, okay, wow, not a job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really about um, internship. And I went home and told my parents, I've quit my job and I'm, and I'm starting this internship. And they thought I was... <laughs> like had really flipped out. I mean obviously like, yeah, yes. why would you leave a paying job and Yeah. But I was like no 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 don't worry as in I got this. So the job offered me the opportunity to to learn so much. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm really glad I took that leap of faith. Um but now what happened is I entered that industry where um let me say alcohol was the norm. Yes, yes okay. indeed and all these ad agencies had bars. Yes, yes mm-hmm. and we had a bar it was open on Wednesdays and it was open on Friday and I mean now I could really live it up, mm-hmm. you know. And it I mean it was normal, you know. Um um 5 p.m. you're at the office bar. Um that's on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um then you go out and then of course Thursday you have a hangover then you end up going out right because you you need hair, hair of the, the dog, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course friday again 5 pm the yeah. bar is open and and i mean it it became a lifestyle let me say it's a lifestyle it was acceptable everyone was doing it mm-hmm. um and for me it, i always felt like i was in control mm-hmm. um but what i didn't fully realize is that um i was using the alcohol as a coping mechanism okay So there was all this um you know like fear of parenting and fear like how's my life going to turn out mm-hmm. um running away you know because I was still living with my parents of right. course I couldn't I couldn't afford to to move out mm-hmm. um 
remember I'm an intern and I have a child. So I'm still living with my parents. I'm still living in the in the same dynamic um, where um, you're constantly walking on eggshells. Uh, you become the target of 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 verbal and physical wrath. You know. Right. So there's all these things happening, but high functioning me mm-hmm. doing well at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, things are looking up. And how are things with your daughter at this point in time, um, your relationship? Now, uh, because I'm not spending too much time with her, mm-hmm. remember I'm running, yeah. okay? Because home is not the ideal place to be, so I'm always out somewhere. Mm-hmm. And there's this young girl who's sort of looking, you know, she's, yeah. um, you know, sometimes I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, like she was there alone and she's also in this, let me call it a war zone. Right. Um, and she's by herself. Her mom is not there. Um, her dad, by the time um, his relationship was her, with her was very sporadic because uh-huh. um, he was having struggles of his own. Okay. So, I mean, it's just her mm-hmm. and, and, and she's just there, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I'm struggling. I don't know how to parent. I mean, I don't have the best example mm-hmm. of parenting. Okay. Um, my dad was a provider. Um, I think at one point he checked out emotionally of the home and just focused on on providing for us. So that's subconsciously that's what I was doing. You know, I'm earning the money, I'm paying her school fees, right? Um, I'm holding my weight in terms of household bills. So what more mm-hmm. do you I need to know, do? Yeah, I don't know how to do anything more because yeah. that's all I know. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sailing along the industry and growing uh, through the ranks. I mean, I moved agencies here, there. Um, and, I mean, um, once I got a, be- I mean, a good job or a good position, of course, I moved out of home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my first, uh, <laughs> that was the first thing I did. Okay. Um, and moved out and, and, and now it's me and this child. And she, I mean, at the time she was also now at the age of eight, about mm-hmm. eight or nine. And, um, I mean, so we, we, it's the two of us, you mm-hmm. know, and remember, I don't know how to parent. Okay. Right. So what do I do? I just continue doing my thing, you know, yeah. um, I'm providing, you know, you want to, uh, you want, which school do you want to go to? Okay. You want to go to the school and, um, I pay the bills, mm-hmm. it's food in the house. I'm not really spending quality time. Okay. Um, and remember I grew up in a place where. I didn't even know what friends were per se because I didn't see my parents make friends. Mm -hmm. I didn't know their friends. If they'd had friends, we never saw them at home. Mm -hmm. Um, They also didn't have relationships with their, with their relatives. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how to do any of these things. Right. Yeah. So I'm just winging it. Let me say winging it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sailing through life. Um, And remember my type A sort of efficiency kind of person. So that chick of, getting a mortgage in my early 30s, you mm-hmm. know, um, getting a car by the time I was 28, you know, and uh, loan-free, you know. So from the outside looking in, everything is perfect. Everything is perfect. Yes. You know? uh, and remember, I'm still in this industry where drinking is. Mm-hmm. is normal. And hmm, that's so you, what I do. Yeah. And now I've perfected the art. At one point, I worked for an agency that was consulting for one of the one of the um, 
one of the better known brands, mm-hmm. um, beer brands. And that was my favorite uh, beer. beer brand. Uh-huh. You know? And now, you know, now really, you, you, I've mean, got access yeah, to all work, of this. Work is drinking. Yeah. There's free alcohol. They are, they are doing activations here, there, everywhere. Yeah. Um, on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. on Wednesdays, because it was around Champions League. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty... Um, um, it's really same old, same old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because I used to do this thing where like it's Easter, like for, for Lent, because mm-hmm. I was raised Catholic, uh, during Lent, I'm off alcohol. Right. And because I used to take these breaks, I never really considered it a problem, right. so to speak, because mm-hmm. then I could do my 40, 40, 40 day without alcohol. Yes, it was difficult, but I made it through and, um, so I never really thought it was a problem. In fact, there were there were many other people who, you know, you you judge them. You know, yeah. you're like, ah, oh, Nani has a problem with alcohol. Yeah. Um, and then um, so now I'm in my uh, mid thirties, and uh, of course, uh, get into a steady relationship, and then my son comes along. Okay. And where is the father of your daughter at this point in time? Oh, okay, so at this point in time, um. He he was too sporadic in her life. Okay. Uh, she's not she's um, he's not in her life anymore. But she's also struggling in her own way. But mm-hmm. um, now she's an A student, so I don't see the struggle. Right. Okay. So she has this mom who's physically present but emotionally disconnected from her, mm-hmm. um, and her father is both physically and and emotionally absent. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's struggling. Um, so, yeah, so about this time I meet, um, I get into a steady relationship and then my son comes along. And my daughter also, uh, around the same time, she 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 gets an issue in her leg that requires surgery. Mm-hmm. And um, so then we start uh, trying to figure it all out. You know, she gets into surgery. The first surgery doesn't go too well. And we spend so much time sort of trying to get everything right. Mm-hmm. And now, um, you know, now I'm struggling also financially mm-hmm. because there's all these medical bills. And now I have to um, sort of hold two jobs, so right. to speak. So I have my day job and then I'm consulting. So I remember I used to get home and then... Um, I mean, I have a bottle of wine, and then which also graduated to whiskey, mm-hmm. some rum. Mm-hmm. So that's what powers me through the, the night right. as I do my consulting things. Uh, but hey, things are moving. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not affecting my work per se. Um, and then my son comes along. So in addition to um, struggling to parent uh, my daughter, then I have my son. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, so now we have two children with two different needs and I really don't know how to handle them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know how to provide. Uh, I just don't know how to be a present mother. Right. And all this is weighing on me subconsciously. And um, I'm, I'm now also drinking more. Um, and, you know, that's the time when you start getting into incidents, you mm-hmm. know, like... Uh, you don't even remember how you got home. Right. Or maybe um, you, you, you look at your car and there's a dent and you don't even remember how you, don't you remember got how that you dent. Got, yeah. You know. Uh, but hey, we keep moving. Yeah. So um, 
around the time my my son turned three, um, and my daughter at the time was about, uh, what year are we in? Okay, so she's about 19, uh-huh. and she's going to university, and I'm so excited. A student, you know, she's yeah. getting into university, um, and and at, at the time I was working somewhere where it was really, really hectic, okay? Uh-huh. And now I'm unable to juggle everything. You know, uh-huh. the work is hectic. Uh, you have a child, uh, a young child who uh-huh. requires your attention. You have your older child who also requires your attention. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm struggling. And uh-huh. uh, one of the things I learned how to do very well was to check out. Okay. So I quit my job. I'm <sighs> like, okay, so I'm done with this advertising thing. It's not working for me. Right. Um, let me explore something else. That's okay. when I started farming. Um, then, um, um, now what, what, what quitting my job means is that now I have more time to drink. Okay. Uh-huh. So you can be drinking at eight in the morning. Yeah. You're at, you're at home. So really. Yeah. Yeah. What else is there yeah, to do? <laughs> what else is there to do? You know, I mean, yeah. you go to the farm, check it out in the morning. Um, just make sure things are okay. Uh, and then, yeah, by 10, 11 o'clock, you're drinking some rum and some Coke or maybe some wine, you know. Mm-hmm. And at this time, you know, I was just pretty much drinking everything. Okay. You drink whiskey, you drink rum, you drink beer, you're... Whatever's on offer. Yeah, whatever's on offer. The only yeah. thing I didn't drink was vodka. I think I drank too much vodka in my teenagehood, so okay. vodka was off the cards for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm drinking gin, I'm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's time, mm-hmm. and really there's money because hey i've i've left the job mm-hmm. and you know you had your circle savings um i had my savings as well you know and and those days you could get your pension out so it's really not i'm i'm not struggling okay? right and your partner at this time mm-hmm. how how is he feeling about all of this well uh because we're in the same industry and remember mm-hmm. Drinking is more or less culturally yeah. acceptable in that industry. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a point of concern. Okay. Okay. And, uh, well, business, the farm starts doing well, you know, mm-hmm. uh, doing chicken, doing vegetables, uh, doing capsicum mm-hmm. and things, you know, the wheel is moving. Yeah. Uh, my daughter is off to university. She's studying um, a degree, which is to end before she was doing quantity survey. Wow. So, I mean, things are looking yeah. up. Yeah. But I'm not, I mean, you know how you just feel like things are not okay, mm-hmm. but you just quite, you can't put your finger on it. Mm-hmm. So what this means is that I'm, I'm now drinking more. Okay. And I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. And it's morning, it's evening, and just, <laughs> it, it became a thing. Right. You know? um, and then, um. So 2019 comes along, and here we're talking around uh, pre-COVID, you know, busying myself with planning a wedding because we're getting married, and uh, then I found out I'm pregnant, mm-hmm. okay? And I remember, I mean, I'd done two pregnancies, and life was okay. Yeah, the pregnancies were fairly easy. Yeah, you didn't, there's easy. no drama, no very morning sickness. Easy. I was that chick of, I mean... I told you high functioning. Yeah. So I used to wake up and 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 say, okay, so I'm going to climb Mount Kenya tomorrow, and I go and do it. Oh, while well okay. pregnant. Um, I did Renzori when I was about four months pregnant with my son. Wow. So I was, I mean, I was that that was me. Yeah. So nothing looks wrong from the outside, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, inside I'm feeling like out of sorts, you know. Um, 
I still don't understand how to parent these little people. Uh, and then there's this other little one on the way. Yeah. And, um, well, I think um, this third pregnancy was different. You know, I was sick from the first day. And, wow. You know, it was so new. Because mm-hmm. I only used to hear about morning sickness from other people. Right. I had no idea what that was. Um, I was sick and um, my hair was falling out. Oh. I lost my eyelashes. I was, Yanni, I was, I was sick. Wow. Uh, and I, even the doctors were like, okay, you're not drinking enough water. You're not eating well enough. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is something else. Mm-hmm. So what I didn't realize at the time is that... Um, I think I'd been operating on autopilot Mm -hmm. for so long, my body just checked into safe mode. You know how you can put your computer on safe mode? Yeah. Um, It just, it was like, okay, for us to survive this thing, we need to get to safe mode. Mm -hmm. So then now I couldn't even move around. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember one day lying in bed and I was physically unable to leave the bed. My goodness. And I'm thinking, okay, I need, I mean, you know how it is when you're pregnant. You you have to use the bathroom all the time. And yeah. I'm thinking, okay, Carol, just get yourself out of the bed. Like <laughs> the bathroom mm-hmm. is not too far. And I don't know how long I lay there, but I remember crying and crying because I couldn't move. And um, eventually, of course, I did. I went to the bathroom and... Uh, and 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 I came back to bed because I couldn't even drive myself around. I was just in a hot mess. Oh. Um, and this was actually even just around the time when COVID was announced as a pandemic. And, you know, um, first of all, um, because I'd been sick for a long time, um, the business, the agribusiness, um, I was not very in touch mm-hmm. uh, with what's happening. And you know how it is um, when you leave farm workers to their yes. own devices, you know, they yeah. start selling off your chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're getting three trays of eggs in a day, you're not getting two. Mm-hmm. So things weren't also looking good at that point. And right. the pandemic has come and I'm sick. And I remember thinking, okay, fine. So how did I get to this point? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, as in, this is me, me, Carol. Carol, who can do everything? Yeah. How am I at this point where mm-hmm. things are just crumbling around me? And um, I always say, I think God sent me that. My, my third born is a, is a girl. Uh, he sent me that girl to sort of rescue me. Okay. Um, and she came at the time when COVID was there mm-hmm. because... In any other time, I would not have slowed down. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd still have been working and all that. But now you're in the house and you're not really moving around. Yeah. Um, and it forced me to take a long, hard look at my life. Mm-hmm. And um, how, how some of the things that I'd been doing that uh, weren't very... Um, that weren't really working for me. Right. I say that. Um, and... I call this my, let me see, uh, my darkest moment that day when I was uh, lying in bed because uh, it, it started me on a journey of confronting so many things mm-hmm. um, that had happened in my life. Um, starting to look at my past and seeing how it was mm-hmm. for 
uh, me and how it had led me to who I was. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to uh, talk a little about some of the things that I learned um, okay. in that journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the sickness didn't go away. <laughs> okay. But um, I reflected a lot during that time when I was sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things I realized is that uh, having grown up in a, in let me call it a dysfunctional home, yeah, um, had given me thought patterns that were uh, not necessarily beneficial to me and my children. Mm-hmm. Uh, one uh, was that... Uh, because there's so much unpredictability and chaos, yeah, and we were always walking around eggshells, um, it sort of instilled a sense of fear, mm-hmm. okay? So all my thought patterns were around fear, uh-huh. okay? So then I feared that I wasn't a good enough mom. So then uh, this fear led me to a point of um, lack of confidence, mm-hmm. you know, like, so always second-guessing myself. Right. So if my baby's crying, I want to pick them up and 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 soothe them. Yeah. But I'm not sure if I can uh-huh. because I I'm 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 not confident enough. Right. So then I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'd rather someone else do it. Mm-hmm. You know. So leaving that to someone else. Yeah. Um. Now, uh, being that kind of a parent who 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 isn't ready to nurture your child emotionally uh, means that you're not showing them how to yes how to navigate their own emotions yes because you don't know how to do that mm-hmm. uh, you can imagine growing up in a home where every time you said guys hold up I'm hurting I don't know why you you're fighting and everyone kept telling you it's not your monkey not your circus yeah so then you 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 you're not able to own your heart or your pain yes um so then I don't know how to handle hurt or pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by extension, I'm showing my I'm not showing my children how to yes. navigate those kind of of of, of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up in that kind of a fear-based environment also uh, gave me this um, tendency to to check out of things. Mm-hmm. So for me, if um, and I saw that a lot in my work. If I got to a pl- point where the job wasn't really giving me that kick, uh-huh. I checked out. Right. Um, if I was in a relationship or even a friendship where I didn't feel that ca- buzz, you know, whether it was positive or negative, mm-hmm. checked out. Um, and that checking out also had affected how I was uh, parenting myself right. because then. If my child is going through pain, like when my daughter was going through the surgery, um, I, was, I was showing up for her in a financial kind of way, but I wasn't showing up for her to support her through the emotion mm-hmm. of, 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 of being unwell, yeah. um, of being on crutches mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. Um, having alcohol which was, a, for me, it was a re- rebellious thing that I picked up, mm-hmm. but it was actually a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when um, life got difficult, the alcohol was there to soothe me. Right. And of course, when you're using it as a crutch, mm-hmm. then it's not healthy. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because uh, you don't confront the issues, you don't confront the problems, all you're doing is postponing them. 
mm-hmm. and the more you try and postpone them the 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 more <laughs> the bigger they become yeah the bigger they become yeah. um and the more uncontrollable so yeah. to speak and really just um seeing that um really i'd operated with a lot of pain mm-hmm. yeah there was the pain of um one starting out as 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 the blue eyed child mm-hmm. in our family and then uh, becoming the scapegoat so to speak right. the rebel and then the scapegoat mm-hmm. uh, so i carried a lot of pain um and that pain also came from that point of uh not feeling good enough you mm-hmm. know like really wanting to to be loved but not getting it mm-hmm. uh, at least not in a healthy way right and 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 that was something that was weighing me down uh because then i felt i was not good enough i was not good enough to parent my children i was not good enough to be in a particular job i was not good enough to do a lot of things that uh, i i could do but mm-hmm. i always stepped away from challenges because i was like i don't i'm not sure i can do that um i also uh realized that i had i I had never really taken time to know who I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was too busy managing other people's emotions. Right. Um being in in an environment where uh you always put other people's needs first. You know, like you walked into the house and the first thing you thought about was okay. So how's my mom's mood? How's my dad's mood? You mm-hmm. know, you have to sort of figure out how which wavelength everyone is on before yeah. you you actually show up as mm-hmm. yourself because whatever wavelength they are on determines how you show up if things are 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 seemingly oh, let me call it normal because they weren't really normal but if things were normal then you could relax and maybe have a seat in the sitting room if um if things were a bit uh, looking a bit frosty then you need to either go to your room or turn on your heels and go back outside right um yeah so i was i didn't know who i was um and i realized this this persona of me being a rebel and being wild and you know being mm-hmm. out there and all that wasn't really me mm-hmm. you know it's just a let me say a cloak at one yeah to help me cope mm-hmm. and um just starting to ask myself so carol what is it you like mm mm-hmm. I had never even sat down and thought about those things. Mm-hmm. My my needs and wants revolved around other people. Um whether it was my parents, whether it was uh, my children, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my my daughter likes chicken, so we're going to eat chicken. Never even stopped to think whether I like chicken. Um my friends like gin, so I like gin. Mm-hmm. Um So yeah, starting to ask myself like, okay, so who am I? What do I enjoy? And I've really discovered things about myself, you know. Um when I was young in when I was around 5, I used to play the piano. I stopped playing it of course at one point and just discovering that I really still do enjoy playing the piano. Right. Uh and even getting a piano of my own which I I'm starting to relearn oh, how good to play job. the piano. Mm-hmm. Um you know and uh the alcohol thing was also something that i mean that took me a while to put together mm-hmm. um and also just realizing the pattern you know 
um, hanging out with people who are drinking, um, even thinking about um, like how I used the alcohol uh, wasn't from a point of, of socialization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was from a point of I need it, you know, like you could be sitting in the office and sort of saying, okay, I can't wait for 5 p.m. when I can go and have a drink. Right. Um, and saying, okay, so what if Carol just stopped, got out of the alcohol? How would you feel, you mm-hmm. know, and exploring that? So after my daughter was born, of course, you know, being out of the alcohol for eight months, yeah, or, yeah about eight months, mm-hmm. I remember like sort of being excited, like, oh, wow, okay, so now I can drink again. Yeah. And um, took my first drink and I was like, mm, it doesn't taste this. It's not the same taste I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't re- realize it at the time. It's because now I was not using it yes. as a crutch. Uh-huh. Uh, I had subconsciously, um, because I was working my way through my issues, mm-hmm. um, my body just didn't. Didn't like it. And I was like, oh, this is new. Right. Oh, then I was like, oh, maybe it's the beer. Let me try the whiskey. Uh-huh. And I tried the whiskey and I was like, oh my God, who drinks this stuff? <laughs> you know, and then, like, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, this, yeah. this taste, I mean, is you know, I, I remember even saying, ah, is this uh, whiskey bootleg? Uh-huh. You know, because it doesn't taste, the, it's, the, the taste was not what I remembered. Yeah. And then I tried the wine and then I'm like, oh. Not no longer my gig. Yeah, it's not my thing. And yeah. then the gin. Um, I remember drinking a double of gin, and I was so drunk. You know, drunk of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this was me who could drink almost a whole bottle of gin. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, just also uh, realizing some of the things that I'd carried and um, and 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 taken on as. Uh, things that could identify me were really not me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, now, I think my biggest lesson has been in parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because realizing that uh, I wasn't showing up for my children, uh, for me, was a, was a really, like, humbling moment, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and, and now just trying to show up, you know, um, Whereas it was about asking, how are you? Mm-hmm. It was really about knowing. Yeah. You know, I, I really don't have to wait to hear from you how you are. I can see. I mean, I, and I now started looking at the nuances. Mm-hmm. Um, I could pick up when my son maybe had, was having a rough day at school. Right. Um, or when he was just not in a, in a playful mood, just mm-hmm. by looking at him right. without having to ask him. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter, I could... Um, I could now see her for who she was um, and really Both just, process. yes, okay. yes. Um, I'm going to talk about my first, my, okay. my firstborn daughter first and really just realizing like, I don't know this girl. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a really humbling moment for me. Yeah. I had sort of created this uh, sort of impression about her like okay so she's a straight a student she's a swimmer she's a tennis player she's good mm-hmm. you know um she's very good uh but now starting to understand her as a person um mm-hmm. 
you know, and of course that was my most difficult uh, um, thing to do mm -hmm. because then it meant building a relationship um, with an adult. Yes. Um, where there wasn't one. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, just starting from the bottom, mm -hmm. so to speak, understanding what she likes, um, showing up for her, you know, um, letting her know that uh, apologizing for everything, uh, for not being there, uh, letting her open up to me and, and, and tell me what, how difficult it was for her um, growing up without her mother, yeah, so to speak, um, mm -hmm. has been one of my most difficult journeys. Um, now, my last born, my last born found me in a place where um, I could, I could, I could show up for her from yeah. the beginning, and it's been so different for me. I feel like I'm a new mother, you know. Um, I don't check out when she cries. And this is something I used to do subconsciously, you know. The baby's crying, and oh my God, somebody, take, anybody. Take, take, take the baby. <laughs> take the baby, take the baby, take the baby. Yeah. I mean, I can I'm, show up. Um, ask her, like, what's up? We can sit and draw. And I, I never did any of those things with my other children. Um, the parenting, how to show up as a parent, both physically and emotionally, um, has been my biggest lesson. So, I mean, for me, my, my question is, like you say, you're trying to build a relationship with an adult mm -hmm. who already has presumably suffered a fair amount of pain and has missed you, um, also doesn't know who you are. What was it like getting that door open to get her to respond positively to you? Was it yeah. tough? It is tough. It's an yeah. ongoing journey. Okay. okay. So the door is still opening slowly. Okay. Um, it, it breaks my heart. Um, because, you know, mothers and daughters are yeah. meant to be best friends. Yeah. It breaks my heart that um, we probably will never get to that point because uh, there's so much that has happened. Yeah. Um, it also breaks my heart that uh, knowing that I don't have that kind of uh, relationship with my mother um, because uh, there was no space for reasons which I can only speculate. Uh, uh, so it's been difficult, but um, what I said is that I'm, I'm not going to stop trying. Yeah. yeah. Um, building relationships, even with my sister. Um, I didn't know how to do that because I didn't know how to... Um, I never saw my parents interact with any of their siblings. So yeah. I, di I didn't know. I mean, and remember there was a seven-year gap between us. Yeah. So we sort of sailed along on different uh, wavelengths. Uh, in our adulthood, I think, is when we found each other. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and, and, and when I say adulthood, I would say in the last two to three years when I've gotten into my, my, my journey. Okay. Um, yeah, so it, I think it's been really, really humbling. Um, knowing that I was, I was, uh, or rather realizing I was failing at life, whereas I, I thought I was, yeah, I was, uh, acing high rolling. It. yeah, I was yeah. acing it, yeah, um, and um, the responsibility for me that uh, parenting 
no, it's actually when when I think about it, it's actually something that a lot of people should give more thought because mm-hmm. um, let me tell you, if 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 you don't consciously parent, it creates a cycle, yeah, and which may take even generations to break mm-hmm. because I was subconsciously repeating the pattern I saw with my parents. Yeah. Most probably they were also repeating a cycle subconsciously that they saw with their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and breaking some of these cycles is not easy. True. Um, it requires a lot of uh, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could go back in time and talk to my teenage self, I think that's where I would start my life. Okay. Like, who are you and what do you like? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that needs to be, and what do you value? Because mm-hmm. that needs to be the basis of how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that by the time we're bringing along um, little ones, we know what we represent and 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 what we do know uh, about life. Mm-hmm. So that then we are raising a, a generation of conscious people. Yes, uh, who then are able to raise a generation of conscious people. Exactly. Yeah. So um, when are you writing your book? Because you've got so many <laughs> insights. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. It would be awesome. There's so much. I mean, I'm still unpacking things today. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll write a book. Maybe I'll yeah. write a book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe I will. Okay. I hope it's I hope it's soon. But I, I certainly yeah. hope because I'd love to have everything that you've said by my bedside, you know, mm-hmm. by my bed rather, mm-hmm. so that I can read your wisdom every day because you said a lot of beautiful things mm-hmm. about the parenting journey and about being conscious. And I think there's a lot of dysfunction in this country simply because we were poorly parented. I think the majority of us were. Mm-hmm. And it's not because our parents were consciously making mistakes or because they hated us. They were loving us the best way that they could, yes. you know. Yeah. So finally, did the wedding, did it happen? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, congratulations. Yes, right? Thank you. Thank to you, you and your partner. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Now then, um, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It's absolutely beautiful. It is impactful. I certainly hope those of you who are watching it have learned something about parents, about parenting, and also about yourself and the struggles you might be going through now as a result of the way that you were raised. Um, We hope to see you next week for another conversation just like this one. In the meantime, goodbye.